It's a me, Rusty. Welcome back to the Analog Sticks podcast, where this week we're covering the face of Nintendo's most amazing adventure to date in Super Mario Odyssey. Let's go. Alright, welcome back everybody. My name is Rusty. His name is Cody. This is Analog Sticks. Cody, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, school has started up. Oh, you know what we need to say? Yes. Uh, this recording is not the third one in a row in one night like we said would happen. We're an Honesty First podcast. It got late mm-hmm. on us the other day when we were recording. Cody wanted to go get food. So we called yep. it a wrap at about 1130 or so. And here we are like a week and a half later. It is September 1st. For those of you wondering, I just made mm-hmm. myself dinner. What's what, what are you having for dinner? So normally, I'm not sure if I've even told you this, but I, I tell people this sometimes. My mm-hmm. goal is not to eat healthy. It's just to not eat gross. And today okay. I'm eating a little gross. Um, Cody, you can see this. The audience, you cannot. What do I have in front of me? <laughs> um, just hot dogs. It's a plate of hot dogs. But these aren't just any hot dogs. These are hot dogs boiled in water that was used to cook ramen noodles for my fiancé. So I have ramen noodle plain hot dogs. <laughs> Ew, what? Yeah, yeah, I don't know how they're going to taste. I'm going to eat them throughout the show. I'm going to try not to make any funky noises or make it sound like I'm dying. <laughs> but yeah. So, so how are you? You said classes started. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, God, you just went for a bite there. Wow. <clears throat> <laughs> classes are going really good. We're two weeks in. Um, I'm starting student teaching because uh, part of my education is that I'll be a teacher out of this. Uh, so this semester, I'm going to a middle school and I'm just going to observe, I suppose. Uh, one oh. thing they talked to me about in class is that now that I'm becoming a teacher, I'm going to have to start kind of being aware of um, what information there is about me out there online. Oh. You know, I can't, I certainly cannot have anything inappropriate, which I don't think I do, but <laughs> I mean, that's maybe something a I have to keep in mind. Words. Maybe a yeah. couple swear words here and there, but I think that's all right. <laughs> I have to be conscientious of the fact that my students may one day type my name in, which actually, fun fact right now, if you type my name in, odds are an article about a guy with my same name will come up, and that guy was a pedophile. Oh! <laughs> which is really bad for me. I, I've had applications before where I've written out, like, if you look me up, I'm not the first Cody that I'm a pops different up. Cody. Bleep yeah. the last name. I'll bleep the last name. <laughs> this way that the kids can't <laughs> find you on Google when they look up... I mean, granted, if they find the podcast, they'll probably think we're cool, because... Every podcaster who talks about video games for an hour a week's cool, right? Oh, dude, we're so cool. <laughs> Speaking of things that are cool, this week we're covering Super Mario Odyssey. Woo! I'm so ready. Uh, I'm a little bit worried, though, that this episode is going to have, from my end, a little bit less insight. Um, and it might just be a lot of gushing over how much I like it. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. So... For those of you who haven't played it, if you live under a rock or don't own a Switch, this is like one of the best games on the Switch, bar none. It is between this and Breath of the Wild. 
for pretty much every Switch owner you ask. Of course, there are the people who don't like it because they think it's cool to not like things everybody else likes because, you know, conforming and all is lame. <laughs> but this game is so good no matter how you cut it. It's just, it's got everything you want in a Nintendo game. It's polished, it's clean, feels so good to play in, and it's got a pretty lame story that I have written a burn for. Oh my goodness, I am so ready to hear it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, so we're diving right in, huh? We meet our favorite Italian plumber on a turtle's flying boat and are swiftly thrown overboard trying to take a bite out of our sweet Georgia peach. Naturally, <laughs> since our hat was incinerated, we meet a sentient cap whose sister was incarcerated along with your wannabe bride. We must pursue the bride and groom-to-be throughout several states as stuff is stolen from the sour ceremony. After bopping some bunnies and blasting some bosses, we must object to this union being initiated on the moon. After ending the turtle's tirade, we must trudge through the depths of said moon to escape before it explodes. Clearly, we've earned Peach's hand after freeing her from this, no? Oh, like, really, no. Well, she now willingly travels the world, and we're off to collect more moons, I guess. Good game. That's, that's it. That's it. That's the burn. I love it. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a simple game. It, it's got a Mario story. I mean, it's nothing too crazy, but one thing I think they do good with this game is they take the same Mario story of Bowser kidnapping Peach, and they make it feel different and fun. And one of the ways they do that is through the whole wedding mechanic. If you've played the yeah. game, you know that's kind of the whole thing. Bowser's, like, forcing Peach to marry him, and he's putting together what seems to be a really nice wedding. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know. I wouldn't marry Bowser, but if he was my wedding planner, I wouldn't be upset. I, I think that's a gr that should be his next profession. Forget kidnapping princesses. <laughs> you just plan weddings. You're game, really like good a at wedding it. planning game. <laughs> wedding plan. I can't talk. Wedding planning simulator coming your way, fall 2023. You can't talk because you got ramen hot dogs in your mouth. It's so gross. They taste like normal hot dogs. I think the hot dog taste overpowers anything else, but it's still gross. Was this to save money? Like, this was because I already had hot ramen water on the stove. <laughs> she, so I drain the water out and put like cheese and seasonings in it for her because she doesn't like it normal. She likes it a little weird, which I mean, everybody likes everything okay. a little weird. Can't fault her for that. Mm -hmm. And the water was just there because I was smart and drained it into another pot because I was going to use it for my hot dogs because it was already hot water. It boiled in like two seconds. So I just had hot dogs. <laughs> That's a nice time saver. It did, it did. We were recording at 7, and I sat in my chair, I don't know, probably a little bit after 7. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about Mario Odyssey's story before getting derailed on hot dogs. <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> like I said, we were talking about Bowser being a good wedding planner. Basically, the whole thing is, instead of you going to the different kingdoms and, like, in the new Super Mario Bros. series... Fighting one of the Koopalings who's hanging out in that world and took over the castle, you're actually just trying to help the residents recover their lost item, I suppose, and restore peace to the land that Bowser somewhat laid waste to. I mean, we see yeah. this in all the kingdoms we'll kind of dive into throughout, but I'd say it's a fun mechanic. I love a good MacGuffin, and I love that Mario Odyssey gave us, like, 15 MacGuffins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or however many, however, how many levels are there exactly? I have them all written down. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I was pretty close. 
Yeah, I just did a Sporkle on this yesterday, because, spoiler alert, there's a video coming out where I play a bunch of Mario Odyssey Sporkles. Check that out on Wednesday. Um, mm -hmm. And that was one of the quizzes, but I forgot all the answers because it's small brain. But yeah, this game, you go throughout all the kingdoms, you're following Peach. The, I mean, I don't know where else we're going to talk about this other than right here. The cutscenes are beautiful. The worlds they are. are beautiful. Uh, they're on the level of... Um... The Super Smash Bros. Melee cutscenes. <laughs> Those are good too, right? Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> it's not like they're <laughs> 15 years older or anything. No, For 15 but, uh, years old, I think they're pretty incredible. Looking. Yeah, no. But, but Mario no. Odyssey kicks it up a notch. I mean, some of the best cutscenes Nintendo's made so far. I mean, it's cutscenes are good, but like I think it's just more so the way they did the graphics. It looks so impressive all throughout. Mm -hmm. That no matter what the cutscenes were, they were gonna be good. Mario Odyssey to me has some of the best Nintendo polish out of any game. It is, it's just pure Mario, completely distilled. There's nothing in between me and the Mario experience when it comes to this game. And speaking of the Mario experience, we have this in full force. It's a true 3D platformer. And it does mm -hmm. that thing I always talk about, that Mario games always do well, dating back to the N64. It feels so good to run around this world as Mario. Yes. I don't know what they did differently, but it's just... This is the best running around experience I could ever have. I hop into this game, and I am content with just hopping around the Mushroom Kingdom, trying to climb all sorts of stuff because the diverse moveset they give you... It's so fun to just do the platforming, and that's something I feel like platformers often struggle with, is you have a mm -hmm. good platformer, but the platforming is just annoying. Yeah, I. what makes a good platformer is if I want to just platform to have fun. You know, everything else enhances that, but fundamentally, you gotta have a good, uh, good feeling system. I really love how in Odyssey, it is, it's both snappy and springy, like super responsive, you turn on a dime, there's nothing janky about it, but then when you need to go vertical, I mean, it's it's just so fun. It's like um, it, it's like the fun you get when you do the triple jump in Mario 64. Mm -hmm. um, they just, they bring that level of, of great gameplay back into it. And I mean, it's not just, I mean, of course the triple jump still feels great in this game, but I mean, you can jump out of a ground pound, the rolling is a lot of fun, the mm -hmm. wall kickings, and my personal favorite is the whole premise of diving and the cap bounce paired with it. If you're watching the gameplay yes. footage on the YouTube side, I'm sure you've seen me do it a couple times by now. The movement feels so freeing. I actually saw a tweet earlier today that I wanted to bring up, and they talk about how we're in a golden age of 3D platformers, where the movement is just so... Well, let me, let me read this off. I believe we're on the cusp of an expressive platformer golden era. And it's just in the sense that the move sets are so diverse. At a surface level, you can go through these games and thoroughly enjoy them and realize, oh, this is a good platformer. But if you really mess around with the mechanics and try to explore, you can take the gameplay to a next level. And it just feels so free to run around these huge open worlds or sandboxes, I should say. And it's just, it's amazing. That's what I've seen when I, whenever I watch any gameplay of Super Mario Odyssey online, especially in speedruns, is I think I have a pretty good handle on the controls. And then I watch someone really show off what you can do when you're using Cappy's uh, full potential. And I just see that it's on a whole nother level from whatever I can do. 
oh, there's this... there's layers of depth to the movement that you can dig into depending on how much you really want to get involved with it. I mean, shoot, you can go from just a five-year-old running around with Mario in assist mode to, if, have you ever seen any of the minimum capture speedruns? No. It is absurd. They have broken this game so much. There's a lot of glitches and clips all throughout. But What's the movement the premise for it. You can you can basically the route is always evolving. And mm-hmm. it's basically if you can skip the capture, if it is at all possible, you have to skip it. It is not optional. And mm-hmm. it's basically a route with the fewest possible captures. And that's like the only way it's allowed. If you accidentally capture something extra, the run is invalid. They've got it down to three required captures at this point. In the whole game? Yes, and it's the spark pylon at the very beginning that takes you from Cap Kingdom to Cascade, Bowser, and then like one other something that I can't remember, but it's it's three captures. Wow. Speaking of, I mean, we didn't even talk about the capture mechanic. We just started talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's, you go for it. Yeah, Cappy adds, Cappy already adds a whole other dimension that other Mario games haven't seen. And then you get the capture mechanic where every single person you get has some different way of moving around. There's there's quality and then there's volume. And somehow Odyssey gets to do both when it comes to these captures. Mm. I love everything about it from the little onion boys, the uproots, mm-hmm. all the way to like the paragoombas in the Cap Kingdom and everything in between. It's It all feels so good. The Sherms, the tanks. I mean, there's the rocket flowers. That's not a capture. That's just an item you can grab. Just everything adds to the gameplay in such an amazing way. I absolutely love it. But I feel like we should kind of jump into what makes this uh, Mario sandbox game, and that's the sandboxes. Ooh, yes. I mean, I'm just going to go through them, and Mm -hmm. if there's any that stand out that you really want to talk about, let's go ahead and do that. I mean, there's Cap Kingdom is the first one you go to. It's kind of like your basic sandbox. You get to learn to run and jump around. Not a lot of hazards or anything. It's just getting a feel for it. And then you get the boss fight at the end. If I were to rank levels by vibe, this one is number one. Really? Yeah, I love the vibes. It's like Victorian, kind of a little bit dark and brooding, but it's also a very safe place, you know, being level one. Um, it, it's almost Halloween-y to me. I understand that. The music definitely gives off kind of a Disney Halloween vibe, and it's mm-hmm. it's really good. Moving on from Cap Kingdom, though, next we have Cascade Kingdom, which is the dinosaur world. It's like a, what do you, what do you call it? What's the era I'm thinking of? The era of the dinosaurs. I can't remember what it is. It Jurassic, starts with a P. Jurassic, Jurassic, Jurassic perfect. It's a Jurassic Island in the middle of nowhere, and you get to control a T-Rex and chain chomps and everything like that. There's another brutal boss fight. We'll get into the boss fights. It's not brutal, B-R-U-T-A-L. It's brutal, B-R-O-O-D-A-L. Brutal. brutal. Like part of a brood. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know that. That, Wow, that went right over my head for like four years. <laughs> but glad yeah. to enlighten you. But yeah, we move on from the Cascade Kingdom into Sand Kingdom, which is your first really big, expansive, fun world. I mean, the other ones are fun as well, but this one's like fun to just get lost in and run around. There's a yeah. whole bunch of areas within this giant desert that's all... It's, I, I love the Sand Kingdom. There's the Wooded Kingdom, which is kind of like a... I don't know what you would call it. Iron Age overtaken by trees and plants. Very industrial. It reminds me so much of uh, growing up in the Northwest. 
that's I just based on pictures I've seen. That's a great way to look at it, and mm -hmm. it's so cool. You've got these robot guys everywhere, and it's it's another really good one. Honestly, they're all good. I'm gonna say that they're all good, but I love the beautiful design in this in the Wooded Kingdom here, and the Lost Woods is a little subsection you can get into. That's like dark and scary, oh, and there's yeah. just a T Rex running around down there. I love everything I went, about that. I went through my first playthrough without ever knowing about that. And on my second playthrough, I accidentally fell down into there. And it just blew my mind that there's this whole little underworld that I, that I didn't even know about. Yeah, the way you enter the deep woods is by falling off of the regular wooded kingdom. Yeah, it's and like you're thinking, ah, shoot, you know, I fell right off. Silly me. You're thinking you died, you're going back to your checkpoint, whatever mm -hmm. it is. You get that little bit of disappointment. Yeah, it's no big deal. We'll get into the way that that works here in a little bit with some of the other mechanics I really like. Uh, next, mm -hmm. there's Lake Kingdom, which is a small water level. And I know normally I'm pretty tough on water levels. It does pretty good. I mean, the movement in water is obviously restricted, but there's a couple captures that really help negate that. And I love the vibe of this area. It feels so, like, chill and peaceful. I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It just, like, it feels like a place that I just want to take my fiancé on a vacation to. I love the glass bubble. It's so, with, uh, like, pretty. Just everything right there. It's so nice. And then there's Cloud Kingdom, which is a boss fight in the clouds, essentially. There's not much to it. It's not a big, meaty one. You fall out of Lost Kingdom, and you end up... You fall out of Cloud Kingdom and end up in Lost Kingdom, rather, which is kind of like a foresty, forgotten island. Reminds me of, like, a World 5 new Super Mario Bros. Wii kind of thing with, like, the poison water and everything like that. It it's, feels... Of all the levels, it feels... Um more classic than all the others yeah definitely. i would say that it's there's no structure there actually is a couple structures but that's because captain toad and his team are here the toad brigade but mm -hmm. <laughs> there's not much going on here and it just feels nice and there's a little section with klepto where you lose cappy for a little bit and it restricts your movement until you can get it back it's it's all really cool but then what is usually considered unanimously the best kingdom in the game metro kingdom oh it's so good New it Donk is, City. It's the capstone of the game. I was surprised that this kingdom was as early as it is, honestly. I love everything about it. It's You're in a big city, a metropolis. It's like New York, and you get to run around. It's a big, expansive world full of people to interact with and a whole bunch of sub-areas, and crazy platforming is possible here. It's so much fun, and the music here is so good, but we're really going to dive into the music in a little bit. In in the Metro world, there is there's some um, not absurd. Shoot, I just had the word and now it left me. There's Words are some, hard. <laughs> it's beautiful how it can get kind of abstract with where you're at. Sometimes you go in a door and you find yourself in you know this minimal alleyway with tons of people walking around, or like with the platforming, it just. It doesn't try to make any sense, but it still puts itself in this city aesthetic. And I absolutely love it. Everything from the rooftop pools to the rooftop parks to the taxis that honk at you when you're in the road. It, <laughs> mm -hmm. it feels like you're in an actual city and just running around as Mario, but it is abstract, like you're saying, enough to where it's not like Sonic 06, where it's like you're actually oh, just gosh. in a city. It's like, yeah. this is a Mario city, and it feels awesome. And the yeah. next one I want you to cover, given your bias as we've established in previous episodes. Actually, no. Next mm. one's Seaside. I skipped over it. <laughs> the next one's the Seaside Kingdom, which is a beautiful beach level. Oh, so beautiful. 
one of my one of my many wallpapers I rotate through is Mario chilling at the Seaside Kingdom. <laughs> it is a really nice one, bubbling. The gushins make the movement over the water feel so good, and I love yes. the Seaside Kingdom. Mm. It's another one that looks pretty. The capture mechanic is just so clever. It's like it, they're not bound to any particular move set, you know. By having this mechanic. They can be like, oh, well, in this world, it'd be fun if you moved like this. Let's just put a creature there that does that. And with the Gushins, you can basically move through the air, across the water, all mm -hmm. over the place, just really quickly. And you get like a basically a water jet mechanic, and it's just, it feels so natural. Like, it doesn't feel out of place. None of the captors feel out of place. Yeah, what it, what it really is, and what makes this game amazing, is um, how much of an effort they put into putting fun gameplay first. And then they found ways to justify it. And they did phenomenal with that. Like you're saying, it always feels fun. There's never a point that really drags. And another thing we're going to get to more in a little bit I want to touch on now. If there's something you don't want to do or can't figure out, odds are you don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. You can skip several of the bosses even. There are some you have to fight, of course. But like... In the Sand Kingdom, you don't have to fight Harriet or Nuklatek. You can get enough progression just running around the world and having fun to leave without having to fight these bosses. And it's... Yeah. I, I love that. But this next area, I want to know if you love it, because you do have some pre-established biases after. It is... It's the level I remember the least. <laughs> <laughs> Does the bias reign supreme? Is that what we're saying here? Maybe so. Um, I know there's, like, the whole racing thing. That's I think that's pretty fun. Um, but the overworld, I was I didn't have as much fun in. Yeah. I remember just kind of running around, just trying to get stuff, and I was like, I really don't want to get everything here. <laughs> this is the only kingdom... We're speaking on the Snow Kingdom, by the way. Cody has a bias against snow oh, and ice yep. and video games. In case you've missed a couple of other episodes where that's been spoken upon. It just... I haven't found a snow level that I love. It's got to be out there somewhere. I will say, though, with this one, the ice physics are very minimal, and when you have ice physics, you know you have ice physics, and it's never, like, overly obnoxious like the ice cave in Ocarina of Time. This area is very, like, sectioned off. It's Shiveria. You have yeah. a small overworld section, a little town, and, like, four or five alleyways that out that spread out from the town that are different areas you can go into. And there is the this little racing is, section that's awesome. Yeah, this world is really all about the racing track, right? I think it's only about the racing track. But after that, we get to the one that makes me want hot dogs even more than I already do. <laughs> Luncheon Kingdom. This air, this is the most abstract, I would say. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I, ugh, the color is just amazing. It makes me so happy to see it. So there's a sea of Pepto-Bismol. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's like... <laughs> A food world. Everything is food. It's not cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Like, it looks natural. I'm gonna put some pictures of it or something up here mm -hmm. to show, but it, it looks beautiful if you're watching the YouTube portion. Enjoy. And I love everything about Luncheon Kingdom. The way that the Pepto-Bismol is actually lava, but pink. The boss fight in here is just a giant bird who's trying to cook. Everything's so good. There's salt everywhere it, for some reason. Giant fruits and veggies. Mm -hmm. I love it's it. It's like they took the delicious-looking star bits from um, <laughs> Mario in Space, Galaxy Boy Man, and they they were like, that's a kingdom. Let's do it. They did a damn good job of it. And then after you go from the most 
abstract and in my opinion aesthetically pleasing you go to ruin the kingdom which is like a dark desolate ruined <laughs> tower with a big you dragon into dark souls for a quick second it's like, honestly cool <laughs> i can't imagine what this experience would be like for a little kid <laughs> oh my god well i mean if a little kid makes it past cap kingdom they're doing pretty good <laughs> but that's, that's but, uh, true ruin kingdom is like Spooky vibes, like, to the max. It's a big crumbling castle. There's, like, a thick layer of fog all around. And it's just so cool. And then you get to fight the big Lord of the Dragons, or whatever his name is. And he's shooting, That's like, purple lasers. It's a very good boss fight. I love it. It's unexpected from a Mario game. And it's so It was good. so unexpected. I remember getting to the kingdom, and, you know, it's small. It's, it's only an entrance and then the boss arena. And I didn't... I know the cloud thing happens, but I wasn't really thinking of the cloud kingdom when I got here, so I was just really confused. I was ready to explore, and then that <laughs> dragon comes, and that's when it dawns on me, and I'm like, oh, Oh, this gosh. is just a big boss fight. I don't fight. know if I'm ready. This kingdom makes me think of those memes, what is like, get you a man that can do both. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the mushroom yeah. kingdom and ruined kingdom side by side. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. yeah, it can. And then we leave ruined kingdom, and head to the big turtle world bowser's kingdom this has a lot of asian inspired image imagery would you say like paper lanterns and stuff like that um yeah kind of like the same what is it clay roofs and all that it, it looks yeah, all the very much japan and it's a bunch of small islands separated and it's fun to run around as well a <laughs> uh, little message to the audience i apologize if you can hear my cat meowing uh, I can't hear it. Well, my partner's cat. I'm taking care of him right now. Shout out to you, Jojo. Enjoy LA. <laughs> yes, I hope she does. All right. Meanwhile, I'm I'm hanging out with Mercury here, and he really wants attention, and I'm not gonna give it to him. Greedy. But all <laughs> right. Back to Bowser's Kingdom, because we're talking about turtles, not cats. But we're also mm -hmm. talking about rabbits, because this is where you do a couple of the rematches with the Brutals. You get to fight, I believe, Topper and Harriet again. That's right, yeah. And then you get to fight the Mecha Brutal, which is a giant robot with all the Brutals in it. And it's so That's cool. It's a pretty fun fight. <laughs> and then from there, there's three more kingdoms. The first one you notice is the Mushroom Kingdom. Which is just nostalgia fuel for all you N64 babies out there. It's literally Peach's Castle, but they made a whole world around it. And this is it's... what... I mean, I didn't play Mario 64 until I played it on the DS. I was a GameCube kid. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> this was what Peach's Castle, the courtyard, felt like when I was playing Mario 64 DS when I was 8 or whatever it was. But now it's like actually big, and I love it. <laughs> and there's so much to do. This is the best kingdom in terms of how much time I've spent in it. If oh my we were gosh. To stack them by raw time. Out of, out of all the kingdoms, the Mushroom Kingdom is the one where I will turn the switch on and just run around it for like an hour. Have you ever dabbled with Balloon World at all? Balloon World? The Luigi DLC thing. It's free. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like level 38 out of 50 or whatever it is in Balloon World, strictly Jeez. because I have fun on the Mushroom Kingdom, platforming through it all and rolling up and down the hills and trying to jump onto the tops of the castles and the towers and all that. It's 
It's so much fun. Oh my gosh, and Yoshi? Yoshi. I didn't even touch on him. You don't get to ride Yoshi in this game. You get to be Yoshi. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> he, is... Is that more or less cruel? I think it's more disturbing, but less cruel? I, I don't know. He's got a mustache <laughs> and a Mario hat now, though, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> After that, there's two other kind of... I don't know if you call them secret kingdoms or whatever, but there's Dark Side and Dark Ur Side, which are just two more sections of the moon. The Dark Side is just a boss rush, boss rush where you get to fight all the Brutals again, one by one on one health meter, and then even the Mecha Brutal with space physics. And it's the hard versions of the fights, though. So it's a lot of fun mm -hmm. there. And then there's Darker Side, which is your Champion's Road, whatever it is. This is like the hard, put your platforming to the test. And a lot of people seem to have struggled with it online. I guess I'm just good at games because I did not struggle <laughs> with it. I mean, I probably spent like 30 minutes on it because it is a long level with no checkpoints or anything like that. But it's like once I did a section once, I knew what to do there and it wasn't anything too crazy. Plus, I'm pretty good with the movement. I'm not like a speedrunner, yeah. top tier, or anything like that. But I'm pretty good with the movement here, and it's a lot of fun. If you haven't experienced Darker Side, you have to collect, I believe, like 500 moons, which is a lot. But it's a lot of fun to do it. And then you unlock this, and you get to do it. And it's like the true test of skill in Mario Odyssey. <laughs> I haven't beaten Darker Side yet. I have access to it. I haven't beaten it, though. It's, it's a little tough. I can't say I blame you. I'll, I'll let you slide here. Um, you probably heard us talking about a bunch of the bosses here. There are so many of them, and they are all so good. There are the Brutals. There's Topper, who wears, like, a leprechaun suit, and they all do stuff with hats, because this is the hat game. There's Topper. There's Harriet, who throws, like, spike balls at you. There's Rango, who bounces around a bunch and spins. And then there's Spewer, who throws up on you. Kind of gross. And then there's uh, Madame Brood, who is just a big queen rabbit with chain jumps that charge at you. And then there's the Black Mecha Brutal, of course. It's it's so much fun. And then there's a whole bunch of other bosses that are just kind of one-offs. There's Nuklatech, who's the good old patented Nintendo floating head with floating hands. And mm -hmm. you get to capture his hands and throw them back at him, basically. And then there's the Mecha Wiggler, which is a really cool boss fight. Going back to Metro Kingdom, when you first get there, it's all dark and rainy, like thunderstorms going on. And the, the area is like in shambles. And you get to yeah. go through and you get to fight the Mecha Wiggler on New Donk Tower or whatever it is using one of the tank captures. And it's so cool. There's something satisfying about shooting a giant robot worm with a tank to defeat it. And I love it. <laughs> and then going on from there, there's Cookatiel, which is the big bird fight in Luncheon Kingdom. It's fun. You get to fly yeah. up his projectile Pepto-Bismol vomit. The Lord of the Lightning, I feel like we touched on pretty good. That's a really cool fight, and I love it. And then there's the Bowser fights, which there's three of them. They, it's pretty similar each time, and they evolve as you go. But all, all in all, the bosses, I'd say they're all memorable. There wasn't one when I read the list, and I'm like, oh, what happened there? I also forgot to say Torque Drift, who's the big, like, UFO in Wood Kingdom. Wooded Kingdom. You have to use the uproot to, like bash into it the little onion oh, boy yeah that's right there wasn't one boss where i'm like eh, i didn't really care for that like i liked them all i don't think any of them yeah. gave me any real trouble it is a mario game but i liked all the bosses yeah it was all fun <laughs> i mean just everything about this game is fun the game the gameplay feels so good the mechanics feel so good every single one of the worlds feels so good there's no sections that i'm like 
if I restarted my game right now, there wouldn't be any one section where I'm like, ugh, don't want to do that. And I mean, it's all a pleasure to play. It's so good. It's so good. There are people I've seen online who complain about how it's like, there's no real platforming challenges. But I mean, there's a lot of sub areas that are truly tough platforming challenges. The one that stands yeah. out to me is the one where the platforms are going in and out of the wall and you have to time your jumps in between them. There's a couple of those hidden levels that I, I still haven't beaten. There's so many sub areas. I will just try and try and at some point I got to move on. There are so many sub areas and they all feel they, they're separate from the worlds, but they still feel attached somehow. Like you go in a door in Metro Kingdom and now all of a sudden you're on a scooter being chased by a T-Rex down a highway. That's not a good example yeah. at all. But there's another one. I'm, there's probably one in sand. There's some. I'm, I can't think of them. Metro Kingdom does a very good job of making every sub area feel like it's a small part of the city. And I love it. But there are some other ones where it's just like floating blocks in space, almost like Mario Sunshine. But it still feels like natural to go there. It's not out of place with the world. I love it. These sections... Go for it. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Um, I'm ready to segue into something else, but if you have any Okay, more to yeah, say, I'll go say. ahead and get this out. I want to just say, these sub-areas, while they do have their, like, true platforming challenge or whatever, I would have liked a few more. There are there are a lot. I'm not saying that there's not a lot. There's plenty of sub-areas. Mm -hmm. But I think that they all felt a little lacking compared to some of the Mario Galaxy and 3D World-esque levels that they were trying to go for. And obviously you can't put a full Mario Galaxy world in this, or a full 3D World level, which I think they've kind of done close to, but... It's yeah. still a lot of and, fun. And they didn't... I don't think they packed quite the same punch that the mini uh, hidden worlds had mm -hmm. in Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, 100%. It, it, like, they're not... They don't stand out as much. They're, they're good, yeah. and it's never like I get there and I'm like, oh, this again. If I don't want to do it, I just leave. They're not as particularly themed. Mm -hmm. In Super Mario Sunshine, you know, there's like a Plinko machine. Oh my god. Um, yeah. The Plinko machine's bad. That one was bad. <laughs> Can't wait to cover Mario <laughs> Sunshine, and it's just going to be an hour of us complaining about the Plinko machine. <laughs> I, I had other examples in my head, and they all just went away after mentioning the Plinko machine. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the lily pads in the river. That's another one. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a fun one. Um, there's the bird. Just the bird. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, I hate the bird. Okay. We're that's, getting into uh, Mario Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah, this is Odyssey. <laughs> Speaking of Sunshine, though, I did want to touch on this. The this is way, what I wanted to talk about. This is what you want to talk about. This is the only reason you yeah. brought up Sunshine. The only reason... Not the only reason. One thing I wanted to talk about with Sunshine compared to Odyssey is the way that they added something to Mario to change the platforming. In Mario mm -hmm. Odyssey, you get Cappy, which really evolves your moveset and all the things you can do, and it really changes the gameplay, makes everything better. If you strip Cappy from the game, it's not as fun, flat out. Yeah. But in Mario Sunshine, you have the Flood, which lets you do like the hovered nozzle, the rocket nozzle, the spraying, and all that stuff. And I felt like that was good, but Cappy is just a significantly better evolution yeah. of the Flood. Cappy beat it, and that makes me want to ask the question... Why is it that Cappy is more fun than Flood? Because when you when you just list out what they do, they're pretty similar. They both um, they expand your movement. Uh, they're both companions that are with you along for the journey. They both talk um, for some reason. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> but I think the reason Cappy is more fun than Flood is because Flood um, 
it, it felt more contained. I was less free with it. When you're floating, you can only really just go in a straight line. Otherwise, you're not going to really get anywhere. Turns really uh, slowly. It had, it had different mechanics attached, but you had to get the boxes to activate them. And then, of course, you had to uh, refill it every once in a while. Whereas Cappy is... He's got his move set with you. You don't have to reach for other Cappies or anything like that. And he's always a part of you. There's no recharging or anything like that. It is just more move sets. And one thing I really want to say with Cappy compared to this is it feels like a natural part of your move set. It all flows together really well. Whereas mm -hmm. the flood, sometimes you'll be platforming and then you do a section where you have to do the flood and it's like, okay, stop being Mario, use the flood, and then go back to being Mario. Yes. Whereas yeah. in Odyssey, it just all feels fluid all throughout. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, for flood, you... I remember it's, you could try to just keep running and then go into flood and keep running, but odds are if you don't take that pause to line things up, you're going to end up somewhere else <laughs> yes. than where you want it to be. Yeah, there, there's definite pros and cons to each one. I think Cappy's a far superior one, but I mean, it should be. It came out, what, 15, 14 years later? Yeah. I'd hope gameplay has evolved enough to make things more fluid, and they definitely did a great job. They nailed it here. Yeah. There's Speaking a whole... of... Go Speaking of comparing uh, Odyssey and Sunshine, what I would love to talk about too is the type of Mario game that Odyssey is, because it is something that is most like 64 and Sunshine, and we haven't seen a game quite like that, not even in Mario Galaxy, because Galaxy, mm -hmm. as fun as it was, it was, it was uh, more along the lines of Super Mario Brothers, where you had different worlds that you would select. Yes. I mean, there's worlds to select in Odyssey. But it's uh, every world is bigger, there's less of them, and it's one big cohesive thing. These are true sandboxes designed for you to run around and explore to the best of your abilities or as long as, for yeah. as long as you want. Whereas Odyssey's Odyssey, whereas Galaxy's much Galaxy. more linear, do this one challenge, pick another level, do this one challenge, and sometimes you'll return to the same ones. And sometimes they are a little bit larger, and they almost reach that, like, small sandbox stage, but it's all still, go to the end of this thing, we have it lined up perfectly for you, you're probably going to die a few times, have fun, and I don't enjoy that quite as much. I do feel Odyssey has a place, and 3D Mario in the form of Odyssey, or even, like, 3D World, which is much more extreme, and the select the level, go to the end. I feel like they have a that, place. That's, to me, that's classic Mario. Yes, it's classic Mario, Mario turn 3D, yeah. 2.5D is what they call it, but it, it's... I feel like they have their place in the current Nintendo landscape, but this is, like... This will always stand on the top of the pedestal for me. It's this yeah. and Zelda. Th this type of Mario in the mainline Zeldas. This type of Mario... Uh, you know what's interesting to me about Odyssey that kind of breaks the mold is that it shed the hub world. Oh, yeah. I didn't, like... It decided that it didn't need one, and... I didn't even care. I, I didn't feel the lack of a hub world. The game, every world in the game stands so strong that I didn't I didn't feel cheated out of no hub world or anything 100%. Like that. It feels good. There's always an area in every world where you can just run and jump around and have a great time with it, and it all feels good. It yeah. all gives you kind of that hub world vibe, but like there's an objective in the hub world you can do, and there's so much to find and explore, and I love it. There's so much about this game that I love. And plus the way they do the level select with you being in the Odyssey and mm -hmm. having to pick a world on the actual world map. I really enjoy that. 
I think it's really neat. Oh, and customizing the Odyssey through the collections that you get. So that is such a great motivation to run around and collect everything. Yeah, so the way that that works is there are purple coins hidden in every world. And, like, of course, you have your regular coins. Um, but with these purple coins that are world by world, ooh, excuse me, that are world by world and the regular coins, you can buy stickers for the Odyssey and then just a bunch of, like, memorabilia from each world that you can put up inside of it. It starts out as just, like, a bedroom, basically, or maybe, like, a tea room, whatever you want to call it. And then you can yeah. start putting stickers all over it like you would a 2011 Chevy Cobalt. And <laughs> you can put a bunch of stuff room. inside it like a college dorm room. And it looks, it's so much fun. I it love is. it. What I love, too, about the collecting system in Mario, I, could you call it a collectathon? I'm not sure. I wouldn't say Probably so. Probably not. I'd say it's more um, of a 3D platformer with some collection in there. Yeah, what I love is that it's not overwhelming at all. Um, sometimes I have trouble with collectathons where there's so many things to collect that I feel like I need to write down a list of everything I need to keep track of. Whereas with Mario, every world's got your moons, your coins, and your purple coins. And I mean, coins then, can be got getting getting gotten anywhere. And get got. Yeah, getting yep. gotten. Uh, <laughs> you can get them anywhere and they never feel like oh, I need to go grind for some coins or find something somewhere. It's always like you have coins. And with the yeah. purple coins, there's never anything required with the purple coins. You don't get a moon locked behind the purple coins, which is my biggest gripe with the blues in Sunshine if we're going to go back there. And it's just for collection. If you want to go ahead and collect stuff, there's something there for you to collect. If you want to get all the moons, you can get all the moons. Nothing's required of you. This game doesn't require anything from you. If you want to yeah. pick up and play, pick up and play. And there's a story for you to do. But you don't have to when, do a story. When it comes to the purple coins, there was never a time where I collected any just because I wanted to get all the purple coins. It's not like, ah, alright, well I want to collect everything, so let's go find another coin. I only ever collected them when I looked at the hat, the flying machine thing. And thought, man, I want to have another sticker, or it'd be nice to have another decoration in there. Let's go get some purple coins. Yeah, no, the purple coins do really good with that. It's just being, and they're never too difficult to find. There's always some scattered around, and you find quite a few naturally on your journey. You're just going to stumble into them while you're running around platforming, yeah. looking for moons. And the stuff you get with them is so much fun that it makes you want to do it without telling you you have to. If you really want to play the game, you can, of course. That's kind of how that works. And another thing you can collect, it's not just stickers and collectibles. There's costumes. This is the first time yes. Mario has costumes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> getting... The fact that you can get um, classic Mario outfits that he's worn before... You can get classic Mario as an outfit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so you cool. You can dress up like Luigi. You can be Sunshine Mario vibes. You can be Diddy Kong, you can be Waluigi, Wario. <laughs> There's so many possibilities with it. I'm actually pulling up a list of them now. And before, while I'm doing that, what's your go-to outfit when you're just like, I want to look cool as Mario, or this is what I run around as? Usually the, the laid-back beach Mario type uh, outfit. You you're know, wearing the like the bathing suit? Sunshine. There's, Not uh, the bathing suit. I'm trying to find a good uh, like picture a, like with a all of them. Like a button-up. There are so many of them. There's the sunshine. Oh, I see the resort outfit. The straw hat. I like, the Yeah. I like to dress him up like he's going to a Yacht Rock concert. I, I know why you like this one. He's wearing flip-flops. <laughs> I love 
crazy flip-flops. There are so many I, of for them. For those of you who don't know, I, I hate shoes. I will wear flip-flops any chance I can get. My friends actually call him, my friends that aren't in the same friend group call him Flip-Flop Dude. And it, <laughs> I like it when I'm talking to them about my my friend Cody, I mean mm-hmm. Flip-Flop Dude. They're like, oh, okay. I mean, just looking in here, there's so many good outfits. There's a there's like a prehistoric outfit, a magician's outfit, America so Mario, cute. Metal Mario, Gold Mario. There's like a zombie Mario, Santa, Doctor, a bride, Mario Maker. There's a cowboy. If you want, it's so nice to have all these different Mario's. There's a painter. There's an Eskimo, a safari guy. There's Diddy Kong. <laughs> Did it more outfits come with uh, DLC? I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. There's update. a baseball one. Mm-hmm. What's your go-to? My favorite, well, my go-to, if I boot up the game right now, I can all but guarantee you I am wearing the mechanic hat, which is just your Mario hat, but backwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the sunshine shirt, because you can buy that later in the game for like 5,000 coins, which is just absurd. Yeah. But I will wear the sunshine shirt with the backwards hat, and it's so nice. I love it. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so fun how everyone can find their own outfit, you know. Makes makes your gaming experience a little unique. There's like a goofy vacation dad Mario where he's wearing like a vertically striped shirt, a tie, mm-hmm. and shorts, and like a dad hat. But it's it's like it's like the blue brim with like the red baseball cap kind of look to it. It's it's yeah. I love it. <laughs> there's so many good outfits. I mean, there's so much good in this game. One thing that's good now, that we've I really talked wanted... a bit about what you can do with the coins. There's another mechanic tied to some of the coins, right? This is what I was just gonna get into. We're talking about all the yeah. things that are good. Another thing that I really enjoy. There's no live system in this game. Yeah, turns out. <laughs> You don't need a live system to have fun in a video game. Oh my god. What a crazy concept. Imagine if they knew this in 2001. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Billy Hatcher. Oh my god, don't even get me started. Game over. It's still in my brain. It scarred me. That's our least uh, listened to podcast. If you guys are liking this one, you gotta listen to our Billy Hatcher episode. That one is good. And like, we don't... I mean... I have no desire to go back to that game. It has charm, yeah. but like that's like probably the meanest we're going to be to a game, and we still weren't that <laughs> mean. <laughs> it was a Sonic Team game. It was a Sonic Team game. Like, you'd be a little mean to it. You get that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was mean to Sonic 06 earlier. But yeah, the yeah. lives in place of the live system, when you die, you just get put back a little bit. You get put to the start of the sub area or to your last checkpoint or something like that, and you just lose a few coins. Oh no, coins! Like, it's so nice. It is. Yeah, the so coins nice. you use uh, lose. Usually, you can just get them right back, like right away. Yeah, I mean, you can always find a Goomba to stomp on, or a block to break, or some coins just sitting out in the overworld, or something like this. Um, there's a few more things I really want to hit on here. Um, one of them is the hint art. Did you ever play with any of this? Yeah, I did a little bit. This, I didn't understand it for a while until I Googled something about it. I'm like, oh, now I get it. Because <laughs> I'm like, why is there just a picture of like a hat with the moon behind it? What's interesting to me is the fact that the hint art, the, the solution to it will not work unless you've looked at the hint art beforehand. So there's a couple places where I definitely know I should have gotten the hint. But because I didn't look at it in some other level... Nothing happens. 
Dang, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. But the hint art does a lot of fun. It's another little one of those neat mechanics that's a little more subtle, but still really satisfying, especially if you can figure it out on your own without having to look it up. Like, I definitely didn't <clears throat> flex. <laughs> I totally looked it up. <laughs> um, uh, one thing you can't talk, you can't not talk about is motion controls. I know yeah, generally you're not a fan of motion controls. Does this game change that for you at all? Oh yeah, the the motion controls on this one is fine. It's I usually don't like motion controls on earlier games like on the Wii because it tends to be gimmicky. Like they're they're putting it in because it's motion control. Mario um, Galaxy Mario is a great Odyssey example. instead finds a way to enhance the gameplay with the motion control. It's not trying to be flashy or anything. It's trying to feel natural. Yes, and I will say the, the motion controls are very much baked into this game. I don't think it's as good to play it without two Joy-Cons. Mm -mm. You can get by with a pro controller that has motion controls, and it feels good, but like there's always a little something lacking. And in handheld, I almost find this game to be unplayable because I can't do that big, diverse moveset I can with the Joy-Cons when I'm whipping them all around, looking like yeah. a maniac in the living room. But... It's so good. Basically, they let you throw Cappy in different directions, and they let you use your captures in a slightly better, more enhanced way, and I love that. Like, when you're as, playing as a Goomba that you can capture, you can jump higher by shaking the controller versus pressing yeah. the button. Or when you're trying when to you're think of some other onion. When you're what? When you're the onion. That can when you're grow. the onion, yes. I think you can just, like, launch yourself up. You Is can that wiggle right? to bring yourself up. Oh, yeah. yes, you're right. right? Yeah, that's right. And then there's just something else. For, there's a lot of them that have that little bit of a mechanic to them that I really like. And I mean, you can do some of the other moves with buttons with the motion controls, but it's always just one more thing I have to do versus just flicking my controllers to the left or flicking my controllers up or down or in a circle or whatever it might be. Yeah, I would I would need to play the game again, but I'm I'm thinking now about what you're saying with the little wiggle, how you can squeeze a little bit more out of whatever mechanic you're doing. I would love to play the game with that in mind and see how many times that shows up. I wonder if that's a key to how fun it is to move around by, by just like a little mental trick of giving you a little bit more and making you feel like you worked for it, you know? One thing that stands out with that for me is the rolling. You can press, you when you're crouched, you can press the Y button to roll, mm -hmm. and then you can keep pressing it to get a little boost. And I'm not going to try the sound effect, but it's basically like you can hit the roll button, yeah. you can boost, you can boost again, you can boost again. Whereas if you just hold the crouch button and viciously shake your controller up and down, it's like <laughs> boost, 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 yeah. boost, boost. And you move so much faster just by using the motion controls as opposed to the docked switch or whatever it might be or what handheld switch is, rather is to me this is the same psychology as how games will always have movement and then running movement and every game with a lot of uh, walking has to do this because if you're locked into one movement for some reason it just feels frustrating but having the option to go a little bit faster everyone will take that option and feel satisfied that they're going in fast mode. I feel like Mario Odyssey has found out how to take that same psychology and apply it into every type of movement that it has available. And I mean, even just like landing a triple jump or landing with the rocket flowers, Mario does this little animation where he holds his arms out by his side while he's running super fast, almost like he would in Super Mario 3 with the Tanuki mm -hmm. suit. 
and it just makes you feel like you're going that much faster and it's also cool the way they do the rocket flowers and everything like that but back to the rolling for a second it's not just like overpowered you get to move faster on slopes you will tend to like veer in whatever direction the slope is rather than just going straight up down side side whatever it may be on a flat surface of course you go straight and it's quick and it's very efficient but in the mushroom kingdom for instance if you hit one of those slope, slopey small rolling hills, it's going to kick you to the side a little bit because you're going down the hill playing with the physics in a more natural way. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much good with the motion controls and just all of the gameplay mechanics. We're never going to be able to touch on all of it, but just know we really like that. <laughs> it's so expansive. It's beautiful. Now, we are cutting a little close on time. We've still got some time. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to say we're like wrapping up, but do you think that Mario Odyssey is the best Mario game ever. 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 <sighs> I'm That's putting you tough. on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if I just have to say yes or no, what I, you I do? would have to say yes. And then can I put a, a dentum? I will let I, you elaborate on your thought process. You have said yes, yeah. you think this is the best Mario game ever. Yes right now that if we objectively take all the Mario games that ever came out and you said, which one is best right now, I would have to pick Odyssey. But if you were to talk about the best Mario game when it came out, like which one when it was new was the best, then it, I think Odyssey quickly comes into competition with something like 64. 100%. Maybe not Sunshine. I was Sunshine is like my nostalgia game, so I don't have a clear picture of how it was received when it first came out. But in terms of how big it was when it came out, I think 64 would give it a run for its money because as good as Odyssey is, it um, I don't think it's breaking ground. It is perfected. It's, it's the most perfect version of what a platformer could be today. But it's not 64 where it totally transformed what it is. Mario 64 was the first true 3D game ever. And at yeah. the time, I don't think that Mario Odyssey can com Mario Odyssey today does not compare to Mario 64 in 1997 or even 2000. But, it's just today, that was such a boundary-breaking, earth-shattering game that changed the way games are designed as a whole. And I don't think anything's ever going to do that to the gaming landscape ever again. I mean, they've tried it with like VR, but I mean. I, I think I think it could still happen with VR. We just haven't had it yet. It, VR is going to take off when someone finds out how to how to make the game that you have to buy. When Nintendo R and D gets their own VR set and actually makes a good game, that better be the next console. <laughs> it's got to be right. I doubt Come it. Come on, Nintendo. They're the it. king of weird hardware. They're going to give us the Switch their... too. It's going to tank because we already have a Switch at home. Same thing that happened with the Wii U. It's the cycle. They do a great console, and then they follow it up with something that just isn't it. I mean, you look at it. NES, SNES is good, good. That good, that good. that's that's the exception to the rule. Then you have N sixty four. We're not going to count the Virtual Boy in the GameCube, which are two very good consoles. But well, like, if we do count the Virtual Boy, that makes the pattern even more true. Well, I mean, then you go from GameCube to Wii, though. Well, GameCube. Uh, I think is more of a cult classic, but commercially, it definitely didn't do as good. Oh, 100%. I was shocked when I was, like, 15 and found out the GameCube wasn't, like, the best-selling console ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then there you go from Wii to Wii U, and now we're at Switch, and it's going to go to Switch 2 or whatever it is. 
and the Switch 2 is going to tank because it's not the Switch. <laughs> yep. But then all the Switch kids are going to be like, I want Nintendo, and then it's going to be good again because that's what happens. But we were talking about this being the best Mario game ever. As of right now, I agree with you. It does stand as the best Mario game ever when you can put them all side by side without any of the outside information. If you give them to a 10-year-old, which one of these is the best? 99% of the time, they're going to say Odyssey, because it is the best. It's the most yeah. fun. It's the most polished. It's the best game. But they Mario Odyssey put Mario on the next highest shelf. I mean, that's what 64 did, and that's what Galaxy and Sunshine tried but couldn't quite do, because they just kind of changed the formula a little bit. And Mario Odyssey took the formula and perfected it. They took it from what was the first version of the Krabby Patty to whatever the Krabby Patty formula is now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know SpongeBob well enough. Might find out a you little bit more Sponge later. I, I don't know. I know there's some episode where Plankton and Mr. Krabs are talking about how they created the Krabby Patty, but that's like it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that Mario Odyssey is still the best Mario game if you take out the captures? So like you still have Cappy, you still have that versatile moveset, but you don't have the captures. Yeah, I think it's still the best. I think the captures are a really great addition, but they're not essential. And if you take them out, it's still a really good Mario game. I agree with you again, 100%. I mean, my next question I was going to ask you, I don't even think there's a point in asking, would this game be better without captures? No. no. It wouldn't be worse. It wouldn't be better. Captures is like, it's such a parallel mechanic that is its own thing to me. It, but it takes... without it, it's still Mario Odyssey. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think that they are a great mechanic that is necessary for this game, but I don't know that they're... Like, if they if they didn't exist, Nintendo never thought of it. I think people still talk about this game in the same light. You ask somebody, describe Mario Odyssey, odds are they're not going to bring up the captures right away. They'll yeah. get to it, but they're not going to bring it up right away because they are baked into the game. They're a good part of it, and they never drag it down, but they do definitely enhance it. But at the same time, they could have just made the world a little bit different and entirely not needed the captures. But I'm glad that they did put them in. I like the game the way it is. <laughs> the captures... Uh... It just injects more fun and creativity. Before we wrap this up, I want to talk about a couple of things with the marketing for this game. Now, you mm -hmm. were you had a Switch when this game was releasing. Were you following the trailers yeah. and the whole fiascos that ensued? All of this stuff. I, I think I was, and I just don't remember it all now. So there's a few you things catch, I have here. Catch me up on it? I actually did not remember most of this stuff here. But <laughs> apparently there was speculation right when the game was first teased that it was like returning to the world of sunshine or that there was a sunshine world because they had Isle Delfino oh, in some yeah. of the marketing material there. That was cool and all, but that's not really what we're talking about. This game was huge at the time because people were expecting a sequel to 3D World and they thought that that was going to be the new norm. So when they saw the sandboxes, everybody was Gross. all excited and then Nintendo spoiled the whole game right before it released with an advertisement for the game, which they've done with a few games now, and it absolutely disgusts me. I mean, have you noticed this trend at all? <laughs> oh yeah, Nintendo, they don't care. <laughs> they don't give a damn when it comes to how they talk about their games. Like, they will just tell you all about it, or they'll say absolutely nothing. What gets is. me is lately they've been saying absolutely nothing until the last trailer, and then it's like, here's everything. Like, they yeah. did it with Metroid Dread, and it kind of hurt a little bit, because I was, like, looking forward to that. 
and they revealed like the crane fight and all that stuff early and i'm like oh, you didn't have to but you did anyways it, it's nintendo, we could do a whole episode on nintendo's marketing but i feel like nintendo um as as weird and crazy as their marketing can be and the the directions they take can just be an enigma um they're pretty good at not building up too much hype and not underhyping stuff i feel like for being Maybe it's because they're just such an old video game company. I think they handle hype much better than a lot of indie developers who might accidentally let the train off, you know, running off the tracks. Or even or might say, never be able to get enough steam. Or even say CD Projekt Red. We've Gosh. never had one of those fiascos with Nintendo. We've never had a Duke Nukem Forever or a Cyberpunk or anything like that where it's one of those Although games. we're getting close with how they handle their old media and how they sell it back to us through online. Yeah, yeah. That's that's their one thing. They're super weird about we their We could do a IPs. whole episode on how Nintendo does some weird stuff and questionable decisions that have been made on their end, but I and think Arlo we'll does that... it better. Oh my god, Arlo will always <laughs> do it better. I, I love that monster. <laughs> I think that's going to wrap this one up unless you have any final thoughts you just need to get out there. Um, there's a little bullet right here, and I'll just say a couple sentences about it. The music is good. Oh, I forgot to touch I, on the music I, again. Off the top of my head, I can't, I can't whistle any Odyssey tune right now. Not even Jump Up Superstar? Well, like, that's a song, you know? <laughs> that's, they, they made a song. Uh, whereas, um, Sunshine, and again, it might just be nostalgia. Maybe every kid remembers the Mario game music that they grew up with. Um, I can remember like Well that's also like a TikTok thing now if you're in that world. Oh is it? Yeah, they use that for TikToks. They just it was one of those like songs that never start and just a dun 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 It did that. Uh I can personally remember quite a few of the tracks off the top of my head. The first one that comes to mind is the Wooded Kingdom. The little like the guitar that a little I can't I can't do it. Because I'm bad at music, but I can hear the Wooded Kingdom music. I can't. I can't do it. I'm probably gonna cut me out trying to sing it because that was horrendous, and I don't want to make your ears bleed. But you'll do the bleep through that. Yeah, just a long bleep. <laughs> but the Mario Odyssey music's very good. It feels very much in place, and I like it. But it's not very much standout compared to a game like A Short Hike, which we just covered. Good. Yeah, it's good, not iconic. Fair. Very much 100% agree with you there. All right. Well, yeah. I think that that's going to wrap this one up. If you guys haven't already, like, subscribe, rate, review, follow, comment. Tell us your thoughts on Mario Odyssey. Tell us your experiences with the game, your favorite parts, your least favorite parts. I'd love to hear it all. I'd love to respond. Check out the mm -hmm. midweek videos I've been doing. They've been a lot of fun. I'm trying to just do a whole bunch of that stuff because I am enjoying the editing and whatnot. And we've got a couple fun things coming up on the pipe soon. We've got one big one that we're we might have to sit on for a little bit until we're really ready. Yeah, it's a big and boy. Please too, uh, give us feedback on the podcast itself. Uh, are there things you like? Are there things you don't like? We are early enough in this, and we have few enough followers to where your voice can really make a difference in the show in what kind of direction you would like to see it go in. Yeah, the best way to do that is just commenting in a YouTube video. I read them, every single one of them. You could be as mean as you want to. We're, I'm gonna read it. We're your entertainment monkeys. Tell us what to do. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. 
And with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of the Analog Sticks Podcast. Thank you guys very much for watching or listening. And I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day. Goodbye. Woo!